Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais. And uh, we're in the unusual position of talking to you about the day's events uh, just prior to their finishing. Uh, that is partly because they've managed to get this February States meeting all done in one day, or they're about to finish it. Um, so, Matt, what has caught your attention in today's events here at the Chamber? Yeah, I, mean, I suppose we should say that getting the business done in one day isn't that much of an achievement since there was a very light agenda, wasn't there? Um, and after all the, the drama of tax debates and motions of no confidence and large capital projects that we were reporting on last calendar year, uh, that compared to that, that, this was a really a dull meeting. Um, I think early on there, there, was, uh, there was some interesting exchanges with, with the States Assembly and Constitution Committee President Karl Meervel because there is some dissatisfaction in the Assembly about the performance of his committee. He came under fire, um, uh, being asked to justify what the committee was doing. He said he wasn't doing as much as he would like because the, the committee had a lack of staff resources. Um, and has its only uh, full-time member of staff or, or, off sick. Um, but that didn't satisfy some members, and, and it's quite clear that that committee is now, I mean, almost from nowhere, uh, that committee is under some pressure from its critics in the States, and I, I, I don't think that's going to let up in the months ahead. Yeah, I was up in the uh, chamber uh, during that uh, debate, and it, it, it really was noticeable how, um, you know, while Deputy Mirveld was giving answers, to deputies, uh, there were many uh, others shaking their heads, lots of people standing up wanting the opportunity to, to pile in, essentially. Um, and the, actually, the last contribution from the floor came from Deputy Dave Mahoney, who uh, was asking for clarification about uh, whether it really was true that the, the SAC had no resources whatsoever, uh, given that uh, he said he'd spoken to a, a, a relatively senior member, a, a civil servant, um, who'd said that they'd been seconded to work with them. Um, so did he have to go back to him and, and seek a correction? Well, Deputy Meerveld responded to that, saying, um, no, well, you'll have to go back to them, because it is true that we don't have anyone 100% uh, working for us. But that wasn't really the question he was being asked. So, you know, we were still left in the dark. Yeah, I, I think Deputy Meerveld misspoke at one point, if, if I can use that term during that exchange, because he did say they didn't have any resources. Um, and I don't think that's true at all. I mean, the committee is continuing to meet and uh, they, they do have access to some staff resources. I think what he was trying to say and did say at one point was that they didn't have a full-time member of staff at the present time. Um, and as I understand it, that is true. Uh, but clearly they, they have access to some very limited resources at the moment. Um, but there's also some politics at play here. I mean, Deputy Meerveld has put himself in the firing line um, because he was previously a very um, loyal supporter of the old Policy and Resources Committee during most of the, of the first half of this term. And he then changed his position on P&I in the lead up to that motion of no confidence debate. And in the end, he, he, uh, he voted for that committee to be removed. And he took, I suppose, maybe three or four votes with him of, of, of colleagues who are who he's quite close to. Yeah, he and spoke I, very vociferously against them. He did, and I think there are some um, members who were supportive of that PNR committee who think if it wasn't for Deputy Meerveld, they probably would have survived the motion of no confidence. So, yeah, when you do something, it shouldn't be this way in a sense, but when you do something like that in politics, inevitably you put yourself 
in the firing line, and I think he's 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 getting some of the um, you know some of the fallout from that now. But it will be interesting to see how that develops in the coming months. Indeed, uh, we also had an update statement from uh, Deputy Yvonne Burford on behalf of uh, the Scrutiny Management Committee. Um, she gave an undertaking that uh, they would uh, be persevering with more um, public hearings and that they would continue to be live streamed. There was uh, a question from Deputy Sam Haskins questioning the cost of that and whether it was really worth it if they only get 150 views on their YouTube channel. Uh, she said, well, 150 is a lot more than we ever get through the door, so that's justification enough. But also, she said, and we can testify to this, that the local media find it very useful to be able to trawl through um, and that in fact reporting of matters arising out of those scrutiny hearings had uh, risen exponentially as a result of them being uh, live streamed so she'll be wanting to continue with that. She also gave an undertaking that within the next few months we should expect the scrutiny um, much anticipated I think we can say scrutiny review into the role of agilisys in providing uh, IT services uh, to the island. Uh, question time is pretty interesting today as well. Um, I mean, you said it was a dull meeting. I, had to, I did find a, a lot of interest in it, not just the uh, the, the sack um, tit for tat, but um, the question, in question time, we had a couple of questions from Deputy Governor St. Pierre. One of these uh, revolved around the um, statement that was made on the 10th of October uh, here at the States um, by then Policy and Resources President Deputy Peter Fairbrush um, expressing unequivocal support for Israel and condemnation of the Hamas attack. Now, at the time, that um, seemed, I think it's fair to say, uh, uncontroversial. Um, but uh, in the um, context of the uh, military campaign that has been carried out since by Israel and calls in certain quarters for uh, more urgency around a ceasefire resolution, um, the, the word unequivocal uh, has come to be uh, criticised. And so a question was laid, uh, could we uh, revisit that? And is there a need to uh, uh, make a st does does uh, the current policy and resources agree with me, said Deputy Saint-Pierre, that both sides should be uh, actively seeking a ceasefire. Um, and, and really what we ended up with was um, a, a commitment from uh, the current uh, PNR president, Lyndon Trott, um, that actually it might be wise not to make such statements in future quite as often. Um, the, this was in response to Deputy Peter Roffey, who uh, rose to say that um, he fully agreed with, at the time, the Israel statement, as he did with the Ukraine statement that had gone before, uh, but that on both occasions um, the, um, the statements had sort of had a different resonance as time went on, and that as we don't have responsibility for international affairs, that is deferred to the, the UK uh, and the British Crown, uh, was the phrase that uh, Deputy Trott used, um, that we shouldn't be getting, getting involved. It reminded me of the fact that the FA have decided they're not going to light up the Wembley Arch anymore because it just got too complicated. Yes, yeah, and it, it's quite a thorny issue, isn't it, of just how much uh, Guernsey can speak for itself in, in international affairs. I think, Deputy Trott, there may, there may have been some examples of Deputy Trott pushing it previously when, when you know, Guernsey wanted to assert its international identity. Um, but, it, you know, I, the island is not, certainly not entirely, responsible for, its, for, for matters of foreign affairs. And I think that's the point that Deputy Trump was trying to make, as well as probably, you know, for political expediency, if you like, trying not to get too drawn into what is, um, you know, a very complicated and contentious global issue. But later in questions, 
Um, he, he did provide an interesting update on another issue um, with an international dimension, which relates to the 17 local police officers who were convicted of uh, stealing food from the occupying forces um, in the early 1940s. Um, and uh, they ended up in, in prison camps. They, they never got their jobs back. They didn't have access to pensions. Although uh, it's understood that they were stealing the food for the civilian population during a period of, of food shortages. And Deputy Gavin St. Pierre has been pressing for a pardon or, or similar, um, recognizing that there was a miscarriage of justice. And that's, he's been pressing for some years and he had received assurances from the previous Policy and Resources Committee in each of the three years that a policy letter on this issue would go to the states imminently, but one has never turned up. But Deputy Trott said today that uh, there is a policy letter that's in a very advanced stage, and, and this PNR committee will lay it before the states in the second quarter of the year. Um, so, so that, if it comes to pass, that will be a, an, an interesting debate and potentially... Um, a happy conclusion, if that's the right term, to a very long-running, um, uh, you know, uh, challenge that, that the states have faced. Now, I, it remains to be seen how they have overcome what have been legal problems, which have stood in the way of pardoning these police officers. Uh, but it would seem a way to bring this to a conclusion has been found and will be presented to the states in a few months. Well, you may be able to hear in the background that school's out. Uh, the deputies have come out of the Assembly and are making their way uh, home after the conclusion of this uh, February States meeting. Just time to briefly mention that there was a move to bring forward the setting up of uh, the appointment of an ombudsperson here to hear complaints uh, against the states. Um, the move narrowly failed, and so the plan now is for that to be considered as part of a wider uh, financial review in 2026. So, in the words of some of that move uh, has been kicked down the road uh, a little way. Um, and it's not the only thing to have been kicked down the road, but whenever things are kicked down the road, we're always here at the end of that road to pick them up again. So uh, we'll be able to discuss it when it eventually comes back again. On the subject of roads, one thing we should mention before leaving is that uh, Home Affairs scored a, a, a quite an important policy victory for them today because the states overwhelmingly backed their proposals to introduce tougher laws against drink driving and, and drug driving, um, a whole raft of changes that will uh, be introduced, not yet because legislation has to be drafted and has to come back to the states, but, uh, but they, they managed to get um, approval by 36 votes to one for, for that suite of changes. That's something they've been working on for quite some time uh, and is quite an important step forward for, for home affairs and for road safety. Right, well, I've got 30 minutes to get myself up to Government House, so we're going to knock it on the head there. That's uh, everything that's happened here in this February States meeting. We will, of course, be back uh, for the March States meeting. However, in the meantime, you'll find plenty of political coverage uh, in the pages of the Guernsey Press, available six days a week. But for now, that's all from us. Good night. Good night. Good night.